In every 1,000 pregnancies, between two and five infants are born to women with epilepsy. For such women, pregnancy can be a time of anxiety over maternal and fetal well-being. Our recent clinical update on epilepsy in pregnancy addresses many of the issues that concern people regarding epilepsy in pregnancy. I'm Kate Adlington, clinical editor at the BMJ, and to find out more about this area, I'm joined by two of the authors of our recent clinical update, Dr Michael Kinney, specialist registrar in neurology from the Department of Neurosciences um, at the Royal Group of Hospitals in Belfast. Hi. And James Morrow, Principal Investigator of the UK and Ireland Epilepsy and Pregnancy Register. Thank you for joining us, James. That's a pleasure, thank you. So let's start at the beginning. How can epilepsy pose a problem in pregnancy? Well, it, it can, pregnancy epilepsy can interact in various ways. The pregnancy can affect the epilepsy. The epilepsy can affect the pregnancy. And perhaps of most concern, particularly to patients, but also to doctors, is the effect that anti-epileptic drugs can have on both the pregnancy and its outcome, and also the epilepsy itself. We're aware that um, between 14 and 32 um, patients out of 100 patients with epilepsy um, will have an increased seizure frequency during the pregnancy. Um, the, the opposite of that is obviously the fact that um, for a large percentage of patients, um, they do not have um, significantly increased seizure frequency. But um, everyone's aware that seizures are potentially very dangerous in terms of um, injury, particularly in pregnancy with the gravid uterus um, trauma can um, be very um, detrimental to fetal um, outcomes, and also the risk of hypoxia and acidosis from prolonged seizure activity. There's also some early work suggesting that um, IQ of the child can be affected by um, multiple convulsive seizures in utero. So for all these reasons, it's important to try and control the seizures during pregnancy. Given, given these risks that you've quite clearly laid out, how important is it that women who are with epilepsy, who are planning pregnancy, um, seek advice before they actually do get pregnant? And, and how practically do they go about that? I think the key is, I think you're absolutely right, the key is to seek advice before becoming pregnant. And this was the purpose of the article, really, to make doctors aware that there are issues. And actually, there are now answers to the issues. Although we haven't got answers to all of the questions, there are answers and there are guidelines as to what we should be doing. So the key really is preconceptual counselling. And I think this should occur well before pregnancy at any opportune moment, any time that the, the, the woman attends their GP or, or their uh, neurologist. And I think the emphasis has to be not to make changes unless under supervision. Mm. And, and can you give general advice about what circumstances GPs can feel empowered to manage uh, women with epilepsy sort of themselves? And when should they feel that, that it's best to refer on to a sort of a specialist epilepsy clinic? Unfortunately, I think at the moment, GPs' knowledge in the area is a little limited and they can be a little um, wary uh, of the pregnancy issues because it's getting out there. It's been in the general media. There have been a number of high-profile medical legal cases. And when to stop a drug, when to change a drug, when to give advice that that combination of drugs or that drug is perfectly safe is difficult for a GP. And I think it would be important for them simply to recognise that there are issues and to seek specialist advice. 
both due, before pregnancy, and in particular before pregnancy, but, but also during pregnancy. There are a number of joint epilepsy obstetric clinics now growing throughout the country, and you're obviously who have an interest in this subject. And I think it wouldn't be too hard to find somebody in their area who could give them, and more importantly, the patient themselves, the correct advice. You touched on earlier some sort of general advice that you can um, give to women um, regarding sort of how they can reduce their risk of seizures in pregnancy. What 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 advice would you give to, say, a GP in this set, setting? What things can they practically advise women who are either planning pregnancy or are already pregnant to, to reduce that risk? Sure. I think in terms of the role of the general practitioner in this situation, um, there's a few key pieces of information that they can give to the patient directly. And um, the number one thing, I think, is to stress the importance of um, the fact that most pregnancies um, pass off with good outcomes. Um, and the patient should be relatively reassured by that information. Um, the second thing, then, is it would be important that the general practitioner could recognize at least that uh, combinations of drugs, particularly with valproate, um, might put the patient at higher risk of, of developmental and um, major congenital malformation adverse outcomes. And at least if that's recognized, the patient can be linked in early with a specialist. Um, and the patient can be empowered by giving given appropriate information regarding this. The other thing, obviously, is um, prescribing folate. Um, the other key piece of information is that if the woman was to become pregnant, particularly prior to seeing a specialist or um, if, if they had concerns about their medication, that they should not stop their medication abruptly. There would be no evidence base for that improving outcomes um, at this stage, and it could in fact cause more harm by leading to um, a risk of breakthrough seizures. One other thing I could perhaps add is, um, we neurologists have almost made a law for our own backs because we're increasingly recognized and we're increasingly getting a message out there that valproate is the drug to be wary of in a woman of the childbearing years. And what is happening, and we've seen this in the pregnancy register, is that more GPs, more neurologists are prescribing lamotrigine or levotridosam in these, in these cases. The problem, of course, with these drugs is that the, the levels of these drugs in particular fall during pregnancy, so women may be more prone to seizure breakthrough in pregnancy. And I, I'm not sure GPs are always aware of that, but and I think that's an important message to get across because neurologists will know how to manage this by increasing the dose in increments to try and avoid seizure breakthrough. Um, and I think this will be a growing problem as people use less and less valproate in this patient group. Then, practically, then, what what can GPs do if they, if they know that a patient is on these anti-epileptics and there is a risk that the levels will drop and perhaps they need to increase the dose. What should they do in those circumstances? Well, what we do, I mean, you can measure serum levels, but that's not entirely satisfactory because the serum levels take a little while to come back and the drop may occur just after you've taken a serum level. So what we tend to do is just increase the dose um, by about 20-30% in the early stage of pregnancy, and that is usually enough to, to, to counteract the, the, this dip and then to reduce the dose back down again uh, after the pregnancy is over. But do you feel that's something that should be d- be do- done in a specialist? Is it usually the a neurologist neurologist that would be doing uh, making those dose adjustments? I think so. I think GPs are a little bit wary of making changes to anti-epileptic medication. 
um, and I think it should be done by a neurologist. And as I say, we set in Belfast here, set up a joint epilepsy obstetric clinic a number of years ago, and these are now spreading throughout the country, and I think that's the place it should be should be done. And we, we've obviously touched, we've talked quite a lot about anti-epileptics, and it is a contentious and cause of anxiety. What, what if you're talking to a woman who's planning a pregnancy or early in her pregnancy, what just very simply are the key messages that you would communicate to her about her anti-epileptic medication? Well, as I say, preconceptual counselling is really the key here to plan ahead. I think once the pregnancy has occurred, most people won't do very uh, much. So there may be an argument to reduce valproate during pregnancy, but that's a separate issue. Um, I think the main awareness is regarding Valparate. We, we put a little mnemonic together, which is risk, reduce the dose if you can, because there is evidence that the higher doses of Valparate are more associated with these problems. Introduce another drug to help you to reduce the dose or to try and substitute that drug for the Valparate. Or perhaps you've got no option and simply to keep things as they are, because that dose of valproate and valproate is the drug of choice for that woman. Mm-hmm. And presumably in all of these conversations, it is about sort of a negotiation and, and a, uh, coming to a joint agreement with with a woman who's, who's perhaps managed her epilepsy for many years before pregnancy quite successfully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the woman who's in charge here, she is the, is the driving force. And I think there is much more awareness uh, among women with epilepsy of these issues. And I think that's why this article is important to go back to that, because it, it's helping to bring up the uh, information that, that, that GPs and generalists have and know that there are issues. There have been a number of high-profile medical legal cases, as you're probably aware, with women who have sued um, their medical practitioner because they weren't counselled uh, about the risks and allowed to make their, their correct choice of change, of stopping the drug, etc. And one of the important things just to pick up as well, um, thinking about going about sort of day-to-day life in pregnancy, um, if a woman is changing her anti-epileptic dose, does this have implications for driving license, for example? Yeah, that's a really important point, actually. Um, if there is a heightened risk of a seizure breakthrough, then the guidelines for driving from the DVLA would suggest that the patient should stop driving for the period of the drug reduction or drug withdrawal, and also for six months after um, the completion of that withdrawal. One interesting uh, development in this area from the recent uh, publication of the DVLA guidelines um, highlights the fact that if a patient is substituting their drug, as, as we've mentioned, as a, as a viable option in pregnancy, if they're substituting their medication for what the neurologist considers an equally efficacious drug, then there is justification to allow the patient to remain driving. And that, that is important um, for, for people to be aware of. One of the key points that you make in the article is the lack of evidence in this area, which obviously makes it difficult to give advice or or come up with guidelines. Why is there such a lack of evidence around medications, uh, anti-epileptic medications in pregnancy? And and I suppose what are you doing to to bridge this evidence gap? 
Yes, this is a very disappointing uh, area. Valproate has been licensed in the UK since 1974. Um, that's over 40 years. And yet it's only really within these last um, few years that there's been a, a recognition that there may be problems associated with it. The difficulties have been, of course, that um, you cannot experiment or, or do trials on women who are pregnant uh, on antiepileptic drugs. The, the, the evidence for teragenicity simply came from animal studies. So this is where we came from, um, and we set the register up way back in 1996 because we realized that individual practitioners, individual neurologists, will only have a very small number of women with epilepsy who become pregnant at any time. So it was really hard for them to make assessments as to where there were issues uh, with the epilepsy, with the drugs, which particular drugs. And the only way to really look at this was to try and put all of these pregnancies, all of this information together. And what we have done is set up a prospective epilepsy and pregnancy register. So we've asked doctors, patients, neurologists, GPs, etc., to let us know if they're aware of a woman who becomes pregnant in the early stages of pregnancy, so they don't know what the outcome is going to be. And then we contact, we get permission to contact the GP three months after the pregnancy to see what the outcome of that pregnancy was. Did it all go well? Were there any malformations? And more recently, we've worked with the universities of, 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 of Ulster, of uh, Manchester, and Liverpool to do longer-term follow-ups, which have more worryingly shown that there are, in fact, higher rates of neurodevelopmental delay, again, principally associated uh, with Valpris. And as I said, it is disappointing that that information has not been out there a lot sooner. And is there any way that any clinicians who are listening might be able to help you um, recruit or include any of their patients in, in this register? Absolutely. It's dead easy so it is to do this. We have a free phone, which is 0800 um, And we have a website, which is www.epilepsyandpregnancy.co.uk. And there's a very simple one-page A4 sheet, which uh, a GP or the patient themselves can fill in. We currently recruit about a third of all uh, epilepsy and pregnancy uh, pregnancies throughout the UK, which is pretty good. It's a lot higher than Europeans and North Americans, but you can see that that's only one third and it could be improved. Great. And one, one of the things that I found most surprising about the article is actually how many women report a lack of information that was available to them either before pregnancy or when they were pregnant around um, th their epilepsy and managing it during pregnancy. Do you have any advice about further source of information or um, organisations that you could re recommend um, for both clinicians and pregnant women to to get further information? Yeah, sure. That that's a great point. Um, there's lots of good sources of information um, on online, and we've included a box at the end of our article with further sources of information for both professionals and patients. Um, the first website we drew attention to on that was the Epilepsy Society itself, which provides some um, general information. And uh, we've also included some information um, on SUDEP via the SUDEP.org website, which is um, SUDEP Action. There's also other sources of information um, from ToxNet and the Epilepsy Society, which, and the Faculty of Sexual and Reproductive Healthcare Clinical Effectiveness Unit, which provides some information principally more for clinicians regarding um, issues to do with contraception 
and um, breastfeeding, which the patient might come after pregnancy and inquire about to their primary care doctor. There's also other sources, a small book um, called The X, X Factor, which Dr. Morrow has written, which provides an overview of the area for patients. And, and finally, the last reference we provided was from the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, which provides a really nice summary of um, the risks to do with Valparate, which is useful for both patients and professionals. It also includes a checklist which um, professionals could use when they're counseling patients um, on uh, commencing Valparate therapy um, for, for epilepsy uh, treatment. Fantastic. I, I mean, I think the epilepsy nurse specialists are perhaps the best people. They are usually very well informed about this. And there are epilepsy nurse specialists throughout the UK now. I've given you our free phone number where we have really the, the expert at the end of the phone because she runs the register. I would be happy to advise any epilepsy nurse specialist, any GPs, or indeed any patients. She'll probably hate me for, for saying that because she's overwhelmed, but nevertheless, she, she is there to do this. You've been listening to Michael Kinney and James Morrow discuss treatment of epilepsy during pregnancy. If you have a patient who is interested in joining the Epilepsy and Pregnancy Register, you can do that via phone or on the web. Details in the description. If you want to read more, Michael and James's article, Pregnancy and Epilepsy, is now available at thebmj.com. <laughs>